Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Agile Podcast. I would say the number, but I don't know what it is. No, me neither. 129, no. I reckon. Uh, we're at the Shakespeare in Bristol, uh, which apparently dates back to 1726. One of the great things about England is you can have pubs that go back a long, long time. And we are out of dry January, Paul's back on the source. And we are going to talk today about... I say we're going to talk about, we have talked about, we're yes, recording this in introduction after we've recorded the episode, so we do know what we talked about. We talked about uh, technical debt within the Scrum Alliance, we talked about areas of growth and um, GCSEs. GCSEs. GCSEs for kids. Yeah, what, what subjects you might want to study if you wanted to be, get a career in, uh, in Scrum. Yeah, there you go. I don't know how we got onto that, but it was an interesting <laughs> one. Um, anything else? No, that's all good. Pretty much. Okay, so just time for us to say a good hearty cheers to our newest supporter, Tom James. Cheers, Tom. Tom. Cheers, buddy. We hope you all enjoy the episode and we will be back soon. Don't forget to join us for our debrief on this episode on Discord. That'll be on the 3rd of March 2022 at 12.30 GMT. This is available to any patron who's joined our Legends tier. Play the jingle. Good. Back on it now, look. Yep. January over. Back on the, uh, the cider. The sauce. Do I feel better for it? Well, being back on it or having a month off? <clears throat> having a month off. Do you? Um, a bit, I suppose, a bit better for it. It was nice to go out last week and have a drink on a Friday night, which I just felt, it just made, seemed to make the month drag. Hmm. It's just not that drinking is an essential part of my social life, but I think I felt myself less likely to want to go out or socialise or offer to go out and socialise because I couldn't do that. Yeah. I just think that there wasn't many of our my friends, you present company accepted, that wanted to go out much in January. It was a quiet month. It tends to be, doesn't it? <clears throat> For lots of reasons. That sort of because December's not a sustainable pace, is it? You sort no. of over delivered in December, haven't you? So then the pendulum unduly swings the other way. Yeah. Feast and famine. But even now, at the beginning of February, I've seen a number of people appearing at our, my weekly gym session has dropped by half. Oh, has it? So that kind of January, you know, that, that new energy that a lot of people had in January, for some people, has waned already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gym memberships that start to expire. So there we go. Yeah, how about you? You alright? I'm okay. I'm okay. Yeah. Tired. But, yeah. Otherwise, alright. Funny, funny little place at the moment, I think. Sort of, not sure how to describe it really, but a little bit, I suppose a little bit excited maybe. Mm-hmm. Apprehensive. Yeah, you know, on, on the cusp of just doing different things. Yeah. Try to avoid doing anything drastically new in January, yeah. like I often do. Mm-hmm. Um, just let let January sit for a bit, really. But yeah, can't can't sit still for very long, you know me. Yeah. So yeah, having a few few interesting conversations, which hopefully might go in different places. A few irons in the fire, so yeah. to speak. Yeah. 
It's yeah. good. Well, that's the thing, isn't it? I think when you, you know, practice what you preach, you know, we talk to organisations about when there's uncertainty, you want lots of lots of experiments, you want lots of options because you don't know what's going to work. Yeah. See what works. Try things. Uh, yeah, starting to get some results from some experiments and some you kill off and some you dial up and yeah. start some new ones. And things are starting to solidify, I suppose, form, maybe. So, yeah, it's a weird place. Not, not sure where it's going to go, but good energies. Mm. Do you tend to do any of that kind of future thinking, that kind of future press release, thinking about what would what would you be writing about yourself? What would, what would the press be saying about you in five years, ten years' time? Do you think about that? I try not to... <clears throat> I don't. Well, it's not that I try not to. I don't really think about that for me. What people would say about me, because I don't. I don't think what I do is actually about me. No. As such, um, but yeah, the the products, the services. Mm. Yeah, I think about customer feedback, impact. I suppose. Mm. Um, yeah, I imagine what before I put my energies into something. What do I want the impact to be? Yeah. Doing the right things um, for the right reasons. Well, and just being able to imagine a world where what I'm doing is going to be well received, because otherwise, what's the point? Mm. Yeah. <clears throat> Doesn't have to be altruistic or saving the world or anything, but yeah. if someone somewhere is going to have a better time at work or be more successful or personally more resilient and yeah and that's worth my time and effort hmm them drinks no well I'm <laughs> I just realised that some kind of cola is it tasty <laughs> it's alright it's alright uh one of the greatest kept secrets, isn't it, in terms of the, the recipe for Kinsella? It's one of those things, an accidental discovery that's very much still under wraps. An accident. Mm. The, uh, the recipe for which is a bit like the KFC <laughs> secret blend of herbs and spices kept in two different locations. Really? Half uh, and half? Yeah, so that they can't necessarily can't be leaked, can't be leaked and can't be uh, copied easily. Okay. And you're on a... I'm on an old moot. Is that how you pronounce it? I think it's, yeah, it says on the glass, it says old moot rhymes with fruit. Oh, very good. Which is a, a cider from New Zealand. Um, is that how you pronounce it? Yeah. Uh, this is Kiwi Online. I'm doing a session Legacy. in New Zealand soon. Are you? Hmm. Very early in the morning. I bet it is. Well, I have the choice of very early in the morning or very late at night. I chose very early in the morning. We are a morning person. Yeah. Yeah, 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 it's Friday as well, so I didn't want to do Friday night. Oh no, everyone wants to do Friday night. So that should be good. Yeah, they'll all be at the beach. Yes, and you'll be with a pint in hand. You'll be in your pajamas. I'll be in my shed, <laughs> freezing cold, in my slippers with yeah. a pint of coffee. Yeah, <clears throat> that should be good. Some some people I haven't seen for a long time. Mm -hmm. Well, I've been going back to doing some in-person stuff recently. Mm. So that was a, a new kind of energy that I needed, a new kind of nerves, a new kind of um, things to remember that I forgot I needed to remember. Okay. You were out of habit. Yes. 
and we might have talked about this on a previous episode, but um, the things that I would probably, I think you just do get the two years pretty much of not running that class. I'd just forgotten what I needed to carry. I'd forgotten what goes into the bag yeah. before I even get there. So that was a bit stressful of thinking, I haven't got this or how am I going to work around that? Well, you rarely emptied your bag, do you? I remember you no. used to just have stuff in your boot yeah. continuously. Yeah. But I think it's probably when the pandemic first hit, things that I filed away and uh, mothballed, mm. whatever the word is. But then, yeah, things that have just, I thought I'd, I'd planned for. Things like string. The yeah. Marshmallow Challenge, you see? Yeah. Did that for the first time in two years. Marshmallow's probably a bit, bit out of date. Yeah, somebody said that to me in the class. They said, because <laughs> they were making a joke about all this stationery that I had, and they were wowed by stationery because they'd never seen stationery for two years. So they were all this kit, and I basically made the joke that I brought out everything that I ever used just to, just so I can use it again. But no, I did buy fresh marshmallows yeah, and, and fresh spaghetti. Yeah. Because I imagine yeah, old spaghetti probably limits your... Quite brittle. Yeah. Limits your chances in that. But it was good. It was good fun. Exhausting. Um, More exhausting than online. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, because... Wow. Just to do it, I don't think I realised how... Demanding it to be on your feet. My knees were hurting, my ankles. Hmm. Um, just moving around. And was it, it was like a, an introduction course? Like a, a CSM class, so yeah. Which is fairly introductory, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, gets a lot of stick, doesn't it, the old CSM? <clears throat> well, it is, it's probably poorly named, really. Yeah, it was. When and still is, it's still confusing when people ask me what they get for it or what who it's aimed at. It doesn't necessarily follow with who, with what you get at the end of it no. as to who's going to benefit from it. But it's in two days. How much of it would you say is actually about the scrum master role? Uh, in truth, my class forty percent, thirty to forty percent, and there's bits of it that I really enjoy. And that's mainly about the Scrum Master role. Mm. But if I'm brutally honest, a lot of people there aren't going to be doing the Scrum Master role. No. The number of people that say now, either we're going to share it or we're going to do it in theory, or it's a role that, you know, kind of a, a, hat. a hat that we'll mm. pass around. That's going to be becoming quite popular. Quite, um, I get asked about that a lot more now. About, do I have to do, do I have, like it's a chore? Mm. Do I have to do this? I was speaking to a coach just recently who's um, trying his best to one scrum master six teams. Crikey. Um, and very much, he's very much an advocate of one scrum master per team and yeah. trying to focus on team-based. I bet he is now. But the, but the organisation kind of believe they, uh, they don't need it or this is as good as they're going to get. Okay. This is as, as far as our money will stretch. Okay. So I think that's becoming more... Which can be uh, both a self-limiting belief but also a self-fulfilling prophecy. Yes. And uh, just to expand that a little bit more, I, I, I saw some, I can't remember where I saw it now, a post basically saying, you know, we teach an unachievable version of, uh, of Scrum. You, know, mm. you teach Scrum by the book and that's not achievable. Um, which I disagree with my, my, myself um, 
then I've always been a bit of a not to take things as they seem do you think some people see it as a stretch this is the stretch I don't know the term but the stretch goal (coughs) this is utopia and then because we used to I remember we used to have conversations about this back in the day about the term pragmatic agile Mm. which always always grated with us Um, and does pragmatic doesn't necessarily have to mean compromise but it can well it usually does doesn't it it's usually an excuse for compromising pragmatism sounds positive it's a good thing pragmatism is a good thing and in a way you know I've always advocated for it Um, but I think the I suppose my my biggest problem is people's natural response is that'll never work you know the classic the very first thing we ever used to talk about at conferences was the response we got was yeah I could see how that would work in Silicon Valley but not here Mm. until somebody did it at BT yeah it's, oh yeah I could see I work on that project and in BT but it would never work on an infrastructure project yeah. until somebody did it on an infrastructure project so, oh yeah well it would never yeah, I could see I work on that infrastructure project but it would never work on one way teams in India yeah. until somebody did it and that view of yeah if if you think it can't work if you think it's a stretch goal if you think it's utopia then you're almost guaranteeing a limit for yourself but if, <clears> if I was playing I was advocate on that I'd say, well, even if it is, even if we believe, even if it's a false reality, or if it's too far, if it's too, if it's too different, it's still going to push you in the right direction. It's yeah. still going to stretch you. It's still going to challenge what you currently think. Whereas something like Kanban is much more, okay, what you've got now works to a degree. Try and mould it, stretch, manipulate it to get more out of it. I still think there's a benefit. I suppose it's, well, this came up with me and that the, the one I was talking about this the other day was about the phrase cold turkey, about, about just um, doing, I suppose it's a bit like dry January, saying you're going from everything to nothing. Yeah. Or you're going from nothing to everything. Is there a case where that kind of intense shift in what you need to do is a good thing? as well as can be extremely stressful. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Two schools of thought, isn't it? Rip the band-aid off. Yeah. Or take it off slowly. Or soak it for a while. Yeah. Um, and I suppose there's an element of how much pain tolerance you have, whether you're ready for it. Um, and there's there's a good uh, there's a good TED talk by Dan Ariely on a similar yeah. topic. Yeah. Around bandages and removal and pain tolerance and all that kind of stuff. Check it out. Uh, and we are predictably irrational as human beings. <clears throat> um, so the the cold turkey thing is in is a, is, is not a difficult one because your body can become reliant on those things and it can actually cause ser- serious problems. Yes. But the idea of moving from from one to another, I think, can work. It can really, really work for many. For many others, gradual just acceptance of imperfection continuously pushing forward is, is more likely to be successful. Mm-hmm. For me, it's whether you're prepared to keep on pushing rather than set yourself limits and say, this is how agile we can be. You know, our version of mm-hmm. agile is mm-hmm. this. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's different to saying, this is how agile we can be right now. 
and we're going to push the boundaries over time. <clears throat> I think that's the difference. And yeah, I think a lot of a lot of companies have been guilty of that, and I think a lot of consultants have been guilty of that. Do you still get companies that come to you and say, Jeff, we'd like you to come in and teach, or we'd like you to come in and coach, whatever that one does. Um, but quite openly they'll say, but we know we want to tech, we want, want to do our own version of this, or we know we want to, to, to not do these parts and do this instead. We know we're going to openly tailor this to be something that's suited to our culture and our organisation. Do you get that? Um, so in, in a way, like I said, I do kind of encourage that as long as it's not final. So when I'm working with companies who are looking to become a more agile organisation, that's what they're asking for. I'm a, and, and I talk to them instead about becoming an agile organisation, becoming more coherent and resilient organisation. So yeah, <clears throat> looking at um, what's possible right now. Dave Snowden uses the term the next adjacent possible. So the art of the possible is something that we would we were yeah. brought up with. So what can be achieved right now, and and making sure that you're not just settling for that. Because even if that's the best you you think you can do right now, even if you think that's the best possible. The future might give you a new yeah. possible, yeah. Uh, and so being open to that, I think that that's the important point for me. So, um, at the moment, I, funnily enough, I'm getting more requests for what what so either resetting is a phrase that I'm yeah. being asked for, yeah, um, or leveling. <clears throat> so you've got different parts of the organisation who've got to different points okay. or start, you've so you've gone to different places. And they want to back sort of, line. Yeah, uh, or they tried something and hasn't quite worked and they want to you know, almost start again okay. you're like so I'm getting more of that rather than can we create our own version yeah um, are you getting more of the can we create our own version I th- maybe it's just what I'm hearing at the moment maybe it's just what's on my mind at the moment but I'm, I'm seeing a couple of companies that are saying having their own ideas about what they want to do and how they want to change or do things differently and I Part of that, I think I'm probably a bit more relaxed than I used to be about about it. Um, like with the whole Scrum Master thing. If someone was to, to ask me in a course now, is the Scrum Master role something I have to do full-time? Which com- still comes up. I'm a bit, I suppose, am I, I'm, I am more, I'm more diplomatic these days. And you might, you might frown at me because of this. Um, but I think it, I use the word it depends a lot more um, than I used to because I think I still see benefits to, and I still I still maintain that the best scrum teams I've ever been part of or that I've seen have been ones where scrum masters have been full time I think that, I don't think I could refute that yeah but the reality of the situation is I see a lot more teams that are more agile proficient or coherent two different things so the the ideas of of ceremonies and meetings are not new so I think some of those things are a little bit more shared so I'm I think it I'm a lot more it depends um, and a lot, I think it, a, lot, a lot of it depends on the DNA of the company just how agile they are in the first place wouldn't disagree with that 
I would say, in addition to that, an organisation that goes down the part-time Scrum Master route will create evidence for part-time Scrum Masters. Yes. <clears throat> that, that backs up their... their yeah, because they will never get very good at that role. The teams will never become very self-organising, therefore they will never get rid of need for a Scrum Master and they, they will never um, create a business case for one. Whereas those organisations that really go for it, invest in the role, <laughs> actually get to the point where they can. The, the teams are good, the Scrum Masters are, are great, mm. um, and the team don't want to lose them, but actually they can do away with them. Do you think, what do you think? So it's a false economy, is my point. Let's put ourselves, fast forward into, let's say, how old are we now, Jeff? Well, I'm 40. How old am I now, Jeff? 43. It's all. Yeah. Um, let's set, paper, right? Let's fast, I don't know. Look at these lines and wrinkles. Um, let's fast forward ourselves 20 years, let's say. So I'm in my 60s and you're in your 30s. Mm-hmm. Uh, Will there still be Scrum Masters in teams in 20 years' time? Yeah. You reckon? Will we still see companies that are hiring full-time Scrum Masters in teams in 20 years' time? Um, Will we still read job adverts for Scrum Masters in 20 years' time? Probably not. I don't think we will. Probably not. I absolutely don't think... And there's, there's a bone in my body that suggests that we will. No. As much as I'd like to think we are, I don't think we will. What will, what will be the case? Paint me this future. I just think they'll they'll be expecting agile team members, and there'll have to be an awareness of what's expected within agile teams to do things in an agile fashion. Yeah. I don't think we'll see scrum masters in twenty years' time. Okay. Let's stick a stick a reminder in our calendars. Yeah, twenty years for the seventh uh, of February, 20, 2020, 2042. 2042. On to mark the Queen's ninetieth year on the throne. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. No, I, I think I don't think I don't look at that with. No, I'm not, I'm not trying to paint a bad picture, but I just think that's my where I think it's going. No, you're right. I think it would be a pretty sad state of affairs if if that were still because that, the case. Because that wouldn't be necessarily a failure, would it? No Scrum Masters in 20 years? No, now? I think that would be a success. Yeah. Yeah, I think the Scrum Master is a, a transitory role. It's, mm. it's a role to get us to a better place of corporate world. Um, and it, I, Well, I've gone on record as saying the ultimate mark of a Scrum Master's success is the fact that they're no longer needed. So, yeah, um, yeah that's that's the case. And hopefully organisations will be more suited to agility. Do you think we'll see different leadership, um, the shape of leadership in 20 years' time? Yeah, it's always changing, isn't it? Companies will look different. It might, it might go the other way with artificial intelligence. It might, might mean that, um, I don't know, maybe... There'll be less agile teams. Maybe there'll be fewer agile teams. Maybe there'll be more. I don't know. Maybe I don't know. That was what Mike right back this time last year. I think we spoke to Mike Cohn. That was this time last year, wasn't it? Mm. We spoke to Mike on a, one of our prestigious pints episodes. 
um, which is probably still still there online somewhere. Um, and uh, he was saying that that's his theory. His thoughts were that, that that eventually teams will be not replaced with AI, but the idea that a lot more you'll be able to buy specialist skills for a, for a team member role from various parts of the globe, yeah, just to fit in with your team whenever it was needed. Yeah, so kind of like almost componentizing parts of your agile team to fit in wherever and whenever. Hyper specialism. Yeah. That was his theory. Yeah. He's made much better at predicting the future than me, so. Yeah, exactly. absolutely. Well, much better at creating the future than me, I think, Mike. I don't know, Jeff. You're doing predicting it. it. You are creating a future. Laying foundations. I don't know. Firm I, I, principles. Look, I look back and I think, Going back to the whole CSM thing, I did I I didn't push for what I believed in as much as I wish I had. Really? Hmm. Because I did believe. So I absolutely get why it was called the CSM. Absolutely, and I know why it makes complete sense for that to be the focus because it was a completely new role. There was already the role of product manager somewhere. There was already the role of developer and tester and team yeah but there was never a scrum master so and that person being responsible for change as well exactly the right certification program and training course to create however there was there were multiple points where i know discussions were had about should we actually change the name of this now really because more and more, like you said, I was maybe ten percent of attendees of a CSM class were actually going to be a scrum master. Yeah, and so you, you, every day, every week, you were getting hundreds of people certified for a role that they weren't actually going to do. So it was becoming more and more wrong in that sense. And the main, the only real argument against against changing it from a CSM to a for argument's sake, certified Scrum introduction. Yeah. Was what about the people that were previously certified as CSM? Right. Do we change them? Yeah. Uh, that was the only real argument. There was another argument about you know, the fact that it was a it was known in the marketplace as a certification already, but um, and I I believed we should have re- renamed it. We should have taken that pain there. Yeah. But I didn't really feel that passionately about it to, to take a real big stand about it. And I wish I had at the time because it would have been so much better now if when you were teaching a CSM, it was just about the Scrum Master role. Mm. And while I have a Scrum Mastery class just focused on Scrum Masters, mm. it's not a certified scrum mastery class wouldn't be allowed to be called that no. I'd be taken to court um, and kicked out of my house <clears throat> but it, it's a role that is focused purely on uh, of course it's focused purely on that role and making that role as, as, as great as possible mm. rather than an introduction to scrum I think the world of scrum and the world of work would be a better place if that were the norm yes and I partly blame myself for that did Not you so. have a chance to, to voice that opinion yeah I didn't then? have any authority um, and I, I didn't have any kind of weight, no. but I had a voice. Mm. Um, 
This is back in the early days of the Scrum and Lightning Session. Well, not the was... early days. I would say 2007, right. okay, something like that. That's still relatively That was the first days. time, and there have been multiple times after that, which would have been harder because there were more people that would have been affected legacy-wise. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, those but, numbers have skyrocketed since then, yeah. surely. Exponentially, almost. Yeah. But, um, you know, I, I, <clears throat> there's the, there's this phrase, the silent majority, isn't there? So, um, go off slightly, but trust me that this is going to come somewhere back on track. Um, my little one goes to nursery, the same nursery that his elder siblings went to. Yeah. Um, and it's... <clears throat> It's not in the town centre, but it's, it's still in a relatively busy part of town. And they have a small car park, which has five car park spaces off-road. And during the uh, the pandemic, I see that that's finished, but <laughs> oh, um, parents weren't allowed in to collect yeah. their children, so yeah. staff brought uh, the children out. So the yeah. parents had to wait in the car park, so no cars were allowed in the car park. So basically the car park was shut, people had to park on the road. Yeah. Um, and now that restrictions are lifted, there's talk about the car park reopening. Okay. And a lot of par- <clears throat> a lot of parents in the WhatsApp group are, uh, are saying, "Oh no, but, but we don't want the cars in the car park." You know, the siblings that we bring along to pick up little Dan, mm. they like running around in the car park. And other members in the WhatsApp group, say, "Oh yeah, 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 it's great. Don't do that." Uh, my wife's not one for going along with things just for the sake of it. So she said, "Well, actually." I quite like to be able to park in the car park and just because your children like running around in the car park they shouldn't it's a car park it's on the playground uh, but as soon as one person dissented other people felt safe then to say well actually yeah I think it would be a good idea to reopen the car park yeah uh, that idea of the bystander effect um, and I think we get that yeah, there, there's a chance that if I'd have made a bigger case someone else might have said well, yeah I think so too yes uh, and that could have snowballed there's, there's, there's that, that feeling, yeah, that anchoring of as soon as someone puts a point out there, it's harder for someone to put a counterpoint out there. Yeah. But once it's out there, it's easier to go along with. Yeah. yeah. It's a long way around of saying, maybe. Wish you, maybe wish you had. Yeah. yeah. What, what might have been different? Who knows? Yeah. I'd say it would have been a, a time where it was easier to make those changes than certainly now when you look at the, the figures now. I've got no idea how many hundreds, there's hundreds of thousands of scrum masters, certified scrum masters there are, but. Yeah, it's it's kind of out there now, as a, and I have to. It's all te- it's this scrumalizer te- 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 and I have to. The amount of time I spend explaining the background and the um, the, the nuance around the, t- the the class and the, and and I get asked who should attend or who shouldn't shouldn't attend. Yeah, and having to explain that it's suitable for everyone, even though it's called something which sounds quite specific. But I do, I am I've always been keen to I, I mentioned 30-40% I think that's a lot more than some scrum trainers train in terms yeah. of specialisms about the role and I, I always mention your book Jeff and give your, your book a good plug in my, my courses about if you want to go and read some more about what makes a better scrum master is to read, read Jeff's book hmm. really should be on commission for that just to throw that in there now but, um, <laughs> no it's um, it's I, th- I still th- maintain some of the yeah some of our, gr- our best connections are the people I enjoy um, sharing a drink with in the pub are I kind of feel this part responsibility that that I persuaded that those people to be full time yeah yeah even now when they're and they're still doing it and they're still enjoying it and they might have gone to different companies but they've 
they're very much advocated in a new company. I'd like to do this full time. I'd like. I think that you'll find benefit if I just did that for that team. Yeah. And I still speak to those people now, and that still gives me a sense of joy knowing that they're still. Just, I think Scrum Masters that know and have spotted and have an interest in people rather than code, writing code. Yeah. And I think that's that's quite a valuable um, resource. Mm. Resource is the wrong word. A valuable skill to have. Yeah. Because yeah. for some organizations, it's just an extra pair of hands to write code. You can get more, more fingers on the keyboards. Or an extra responsibility for someone who is already writing code. Yes. Yeah. I was trying to explain. My daughter asked me, slight aside, my daughter's doing a project at school, a bit of coursework at school about me. Okay. <laughs> and she said, so she gave me a questionnaire. She wrote out a number of questions. So, Dad, Dad, what do you do? To try and exp- trying to explain to a twelve-year-old what I do for a living, even now I don't think she really understands. But then she had to say she, the question was, you know, what skills, what GCSEs would I advise someone takes to do my job? Yeah. Ask you, uh, what would you think I said? And well, what would you say if you were, if you were asked what's GCSE? If you, all the these are options. So yeah. away from the core kind of mm-hmm. maths, English, whatever, for right or wrong, whatever that is. Are there any options you think would be good for a for my third? What should we, if she will be thirteen by the time she chooses her options? Drama. I said drama. Why do you say drama? Because um, I agree with you. Presentation. Mm-hmm. Confidence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Spontaneity. Think yeah. on the spot. Um, trying to think what GCSE. I think so. I think of core GCSE topics. Mm. Sciences, no. Yeah. Maths, maybe, but probably not. Geography, history, not really. Um, languages, I'd possibly. Say, I said languages, mainly to get an appreciation of culture. I know that, I know that, possibly, languages as taught at secondary school in the UK isn't specific to cultural differences and cultural nuance, but. I certainly at least having an appreciation of what other countries are doing. Yeah. What's what's um. I, I said I said a language. I would encourage art. Yes. Um, and then I'd be into subjects that not all schools offer. So I encourage something around business. Yeah. Something around psychology. Mm. Um, sociology. Yeah. Maybe even. I was going to say politics, but I don't think that's really a GCSE it's not really topic. Not a GCSE thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, I said I said business studies. I said that kind of awareness of a sense. You can do GCSE business. Some places, I think I, I was not at my school. You couldn't. You? I, I did it for a year, I think, and I turned it down. I wish I'd done drama. I really do. Doing what I do now, I wish I'd done that. I was so much better equipped and mm. my, my daughter will benefit from it as well but this is the thing at school it's not cool to do drama at my sister and my daughter's school it's not cool or as in the other kids think or okay I think you're a nerd drama and she, she worries about the phrase drama being called a drama nerd uh, see, but, uh, what subjects are cool maths science yeah. history no, no subjects are cool are they 
No, I know, but I, I can I can understand her socially. It's probably not um, the coolest thing to do. So no, that's just an interesting aside. My yeah. daughter's GCSE options. Can't remember what I was linked to. Was it Scrum Master Skills? Yeah. Can't remember. But yeah, Scrum. Because I don't think necessarily. I did this exercise last week. The number of people that say to me, "Scrum Masters need to be organised," and I kind of questioned. It. I thought, yeah, but is every that, human being needs to be organised. Yeah, but is that necessary? How can you how can you create an environment where other people can be organised? Is is different? Is a different skill? I think. Well, we were chatting to to our good old friend Nigel Baker recently, weren't we? And he yeah. was advocating how there should be a, a self mastery course, yes. like an individual mastery. Um, Almost like you know, can you be an agile person? Can you be agile in yourself? Yeah. Um, regular delivery, um, you know, focused, yeah. committed, those kinds of things. Transparent, basically Post- live the Scrum values live yourself. The scrum values, yeah. Because um, them, and, and uh, that was some feedback that came from another one of our course attendees, and, and she said, "I've never really thought about looking at myself through mm. growth of the other Scrum values," which. I think any good scrum master should. Well, um, I know mean, you do something different going back to a, a scrum master class. You know, I often encourage people, we'll have a discussion about the roles, what they're there for, yeah. the purpose of them. And then say, so you know, what kind of characteristics would you look for if you were going to look for someone who could do this role well? Yeah. And usually they're, they're what you bunch in the soft skills category. Yeah. Know, people's skills. Um, and I will also encourage, always encourage people to think, okay, so that, yeah, okay, organised. I could see, yeah. make a case for that being useful, but I also want you to make a case for that being a bad thing yeah, yeah, yeah. for a Scrum Master. Uh, because the more organised they are, perhaps the less self-organised the team becomes, for example. Mm. Um, uh, the, the more uh, influential they are, usually a good thing. Mm. Change happens, but could be seen as manipulative, could be seen as um, uh, overly persuasive. Yeah. So all of our strengths have the potential to be a weakness, especially if we're trying to develop other people, because often the more of an impact we have as an individual, the less space we leave for others. Yeah. Yeah. And even within that, I do a similar exercise in my CSM, but everyone, I've, I've said this to you before, when you ask what skills would a, would a product owner um, be, be um need to excel in I, I'm quite specific on saying if you were hiring someone mm. into that role what would you be looking for those individuals to excel at or excel in and everyone always says communication like mm. that, so that's kind of it feels like a safe option if someone puts their hand up says communication but I think even within that I'd prefer scrum masters to be better at communicating with certain roles within an organisation than others with, compared to maybe like a product owner okay. who I think let's say, needs to be able to communicate effectively with stakeholders. Mm -hmm. Um, The stakeholders that a product owner communicates with and how they communicate with them is probably different to how Scrum Master might communicate with them or or that type of thing. So I think there's, even if you scratch the surface, there's within within, um, skills and responsibilities, you can get quite deep about where you want to specialise and how you want to specialise, the way you go about things. Yeah. So what's the moral of the story for today? What's the moral of the story of today? 
Yeah, we've kind of meandered quite a lot, haven't we? We've ended with Scrum Masters and Skills. We talked a bit about you and your direction and about where where the Scrum Alliance has gone wrong <laughs> over the years. Um, I don't think we have a moral, do we? Does every podcast No, but I just thought, you know, what's the, what's the, what's the roundup? It's the, uh, <clears throat> yeah, anyway, I don't know, maybe there isn't one. Maybe there isn't one. It's growth. That sense of... growth? Just regular, to me, refactoring is, is the moral of the story. Hmm. Continuous Being attention to, to technical excellence. Enhances enhances agility. Mm. Your favourite Agile Manifesto. It is my favourite principle of the Agile Manifesto. I thought about you yesterday, uh, when I was training last week about uh, I had that moment of will I remember the Agile Manifesto huh. and thought about you Jeff because Jeff more at one point didn't remember the Agile Manifesto. Can you imagine that? That's a bomb Sometimes show. I can't remember my own name so it's not that surprising. Anyway that's uh, a good time to finish. Thanks mate. Cheers and cheers to all of you. Oh, and one of you in particular, Tom James, our newest supporter. Cheers. Cheers. Tom.